Uh, you look like you're in a room that has been accreting equipment and wires <laughs> and loops and tapes and uh, racks. That's my natural state. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, I, 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 I'm at a different angle than before because I'm using a desktop computer for the first time in a long time. Desktop? Yeah, not a lap top but a desktop so it's looking down on me the camera is is above the level of my head and now i'm i look like somebody in a like a 90s skater video i always thought that laptop was a hard to explain word do tell laptop yeah the top of the lap there's no underside of the lap is what you're saying what are the other dimensions of the lap I, I don't know. Only now in 2019 am I realizing that laptop is just taking from desktop to laptop. You don't really set it on your lap. Yeah. Uh, only a monster, I think, would set a computer on their lap. <laughs> or somebody in an airport or a monster in an airport. Uh, well, if you're on the sofa. So I, 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 I used to write on the sofa, and I would actually put the laptop on my lap. Hmm. So, I mean, I'm not saying I'm not a monster. Mm -hmm. Or (laughs) that your couch is not at an airport. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I I never thought of that. There's got to be a term. I bet there's a term for words like that that um, borrow. Well, I think a podcast is actually one of them. Right. uh, iPod broadcast. Right. iPod broadcast. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, and no one is listening to them on an iPod anymore, and uh, the laptop is not really on top of anything. I think only briefly did people listen to broadcasts on their iPods. Yeah, I did. Did you ever? Uh, I had. Yeah, <clears throat> I don't know if I ever listened to one on my iPod Mini yeah. that I carried around. No, I must have. Yeah, I listened to. In the early days, on my little orange iPod Mini, <laughs> ten years ago, you know what? I would walk around DC <laughs> with my delicate, slim, delicate audio device in my top pocket. I would love to see that now. It would look like no one is using an iPod Mini, so it would look already look like a very tiny telephone. And then yeah. you are six six foot five, I think. Yeah. yeah. So, <laughs> so it would look like a a, a comically tiny telephone. Yeah. You it should walk like around holding it, holding your iPod Mini up to your ear. Like I'd broken, I had just broken into a <laughs> dollhouse and was making off with whatever I could grab. <laughs> Worried that the little miniature police were right on my tail. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey you come back with that <laughs> for a moment whoa i wasn't looking i wasn't looking at you when you said that and for a moment i thought that oscar had come into the room and demanded something but it was no it was you <laughs> no, imperson- was the tiny impersonating police. a police officer a very small police officer <laughs> <laughs> no oscar isn't here i'm in my apartment in missoula montana in the uh the X's, the married student housing yeah. complex. Did you all stay in the X's when you were? Is it down by the golf course? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yes, we did. Yeah. yeah. It's three floors in the shape of an X. Uh-huh. Um, 
built in 1957. No, uh, it's not. I wouldn't call it ADA accessible. No, uh, no. And I'm sure it's uh, uh, constructed out of probably beams of, abs- of asbestos. Um, no doubt. And uh, I, I, I love it. I'm keeping it very spare. I have a mattress. I have uh, my mom's old bridge folding table, some folding chairs, yeah. a lamp, a toaster oven, mm-hmm. uh, French press. So a uh, towel. you seem very, you sound like you're very much in your element. I don't want to get comfortable because I'm not really <laughs> living here. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm teaching here at the university, uh, du Montana, and. Uh, Going back to Portland, Oregon on the weekends. Yeah, and I. Uh, oh, so you're, you're doing this. I'm doing this for money. So you're that you're alone there. I'm alone here. This is the first. Uh, t- this is a lot of solitude for you to have. It is m- more solitude than I am familiar with, <laughs> or or like. See, I'm I'm now I'm now getting too used to solitude uh, and liking it too much. I'm because I'm on leave. This semester from work, and I'm now married to somebody. Oh, I, I this we said this on the last the yeah. episode that didn't air, but I got married. And I married, married to someone got married. who has a day job, um, and is gone from uh, seven thirty in the morning until five in the afternoon. Um, and I'm I'm grooving on this a little too much. I think I I think I need to I think I need to engage more, just to just to keep sharp. Maybe, but it will be it will be over before you know it. Right? Do you teach in the spring again? <laughs> yeah. Or, yeah. I mean, snap of the fingers, and you'll be back in department meetings. <laughs> oh, thanks. That's, that's have, very reassuring. You'll have all the company that you desire. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I was uh, talking to Carrie Laban on uh, Twitter, as oh, I, I sometimes just saw do. The other day. Well, that's what I was going to say. She said she was visiting Missoula, and I and uh, like. Uh, I said to her, ah, jealous, I'd love to visit Missoula. And she said, I just bumped into Ed Skoog, now it's real. Yeah, at Plonk. At Plonk? Ran into each other at Plonk. Is that a bar? Which is uh, a, f- a fancy cosmopolitan bar. Mm, of course. In Missoula. Mm-hmm. It's a little too fancy for Missoula. Missoula's radically changed from when I last spent time here seven or eight years ago. Really? Because it hadn't changed radically between it seven and eight years much. ago and 15 years before that. Yeah. 20 years, I think, since, or more, more, more. than 20 years since I was here, yeah. 25. 25. Um, it looks kind of the same. The, the, the school has no, about 22. two... Th- has about two thirds of the students that it had seven years ago. Yeah. And so there's a lot of, it's not crowded. It's a lot of empty space. You can ride your bike easily okay. on campus. Good. Not going to hit anybody. A lot of parking. No money. That's really great. Um, <laughs> it's great students. I still love it, but yeah. it's, it's, it's vastly reduced. And you can sort of feel that in town. Town is, looks good. I mean, downtown has a bunch of new buildings. People are moving here. The town is prospering despite the decline of the university. Well, what are they doing? What are the people who are moving there doing? Oh, I think they're bringing money. 
That's the the last time I lived in Missoula. It was when I was there for a semester, uh, mm. like a. I was going to say it was a decade ago, but it's more than a decade ago. Yeah. Now. It was 2002, I think. Yeah. But even then, I was meeting lots of people because I had a little kid, and I had two little kids, and so was in the phase of life in which I was meeting people on the playground I would not otherwise run into. Yeah. Uh, and they all seemed to be uh, 39-year-old retired tech people from California who are now running a consultancy, which meant kind of living off their the money they made selling yeah. their startup uh yeah. and i wondered if, if that had continued i think that's so. still i think there's generations of that now uh-huh yeah and now that's like um like being an old rancher in here it's just uh <laughs> you know it's the new being. one more level of of uh colonial settlement of oh uh of montana People are nice. I'd say people are even nicer than ever. It's an even nicer town. Sure. Um, very pleasant. Riding my bike around. It's still nice weather. Uh, great students. Judy actually a- uh, asked if I wanted to come teach fiction next semester, but I but I can't do it because because uh, I'm back on back on the job. You're already teaching. I'm already no. teaching. Um, I I would love to do it though. I was I, it, the email filled me with longing. Well, any. Any listeners who are uh, fiction writers who teach, they're they're hiring two full time, you know, tenure track positions. Yep. Over but the course is, of the spring. But is the program going to survive? There was some yeah. danger that no, it wasn't. Uh, that was hyperbole. Oh, good. That was a destructive exaggeration. Oh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, that was destructive exaggeration. The program. I mean, they. They sort of consolidate a lot of the humanities things. A lot of people have retired, aged out. They haven't hired new people. There's no, they've taken away some money. I mean, it's not growing, right? You know, um, but it's stable. Okay. I mean, they're, gonna keep going. they're not going to shut it down. All right, good. That's really um, good. But I think people saying they were going to shut it down made a lot of people not apply. Oh, you know, or affected the reputation of it which is understandable there's a lot of anger yeah um justified anger but it's still open well, i don't know good. i'm here for the year i'll be doing admissions so uh so what do um, you what do you um what are you doing on the on the drives how long is the drive like eight hours oh i'm flying you're flying i'm fl- i'm flying back and forth yeah it's an hour of flight what is the what's the flight From- cost about because I, I bought them all kind of well in advance, about two hundred, two hundred fifty dollars huh, to be I home for four it. days. Right. You know, to be home for four days instead of here. Um, sure, it's not great. But, <laughs> no, but, but still, I was. I mean, I've been. I mean, uh, I count teaching adjunct at a community college as as being like as being unemployed. Yeah. I mean, it's financially no different from being unemployed. <laughs> like, there's no benefits and hardly any pay. Um, so I've, I've been pretty much unemployed for years. Yeah. Functionally unemployed. And so, I mean, it's really nice to have a job because I'm good at jobs. And it makes me happy. And I'm just delighted and terrified of what I'm going to do after the spring. 
But um, sure. So I'm making the most of this time, writing a lot, doing a lot of claymation. I know. I'm building a set, an entire an all clay set. Um, okay, I want to. I want to talk. I want to talk about this. I have it on my list of things I wanted to ask you about because I, you know, I had seen the some of the the clay figures you're making, but it's yeah. only it was only the other day on Instagram when you did a sort of time lapsey video of a little uh, a man a letter O with arms and legs, yeah. uh, being swept through a through a suburban landscape. I got well, very was, interested. Well, it's the it's it's the through the um, through the married student housing through the exes. Mm-hmm. I took him with me on, on to the laundry because there's a separate laundry barn. So I took the letter O to the laundry barn and threw him in the laundry machine for a minute <laughs> and uh, brought him back. It's uh, terrible photography. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, just sort of trying to figure out what my little program does and how to frame things and. What's the best frame rate? Sure. And how to edit? So I'm just fussing around for a while, and then I'm well, I'm, I'm trying. I want to put together like a three minute uh, claymation trailer for um, my next book. Oh yeah, <laughs> because that seems like a good excuse to do something. Yeah, I agree. Right? And actually, you that will be probably be the first claymation uh, poetry book trailer yet. Well, I hope it's the first of thousands. Yeah. I hope it becomes, um, you know, de rigueur. Yeah. As they say. Here's a, speaking of things that are de rigueur involving poetry, this is a, mm-hmm. a discussion online. Twitter last hatred? Night. Well, no. Twitter, Twitter monstrosity? No, it is this, this discussion happened on Twitter, but it was not monstrous. Although, yes, 90% of what I encounter there every day is monstrous. Um, Someone was saying that someone started talking about a practice, a book signing practice that everyone knew about but me, and everyone weighed in on whether they did it or not. And Elizabeth McGracken said, I do it, but I hate myself when I do it. And someone else said, I do it, but I love to do it. And someone said, well, all the poets do it. And then someone said, well, about half the fiction writers do it. And what here's, on earth is it? Here's the practice. You Now, traditionally, most people sign their books on the, on the title page that's got the title of the book and their name on it. Yeah. I usually sign my name uh, just under my printed name, and I'll usually put, right. the, put the date there. And if somebody, yes. somebody wants me to say, you know, sign it over to a friend or to them, uh, I'll say something like, to so-and-so, enjoy the book, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Sometimes I'll write the city under there. But... Apparently, a lot of writers cross out their name. Oh, I do The that. printed name. Okay, yeah. so I have never heard of this, and I don't. I'm. I'm. I maybe it's slightly eccentric, but I never ask anyone to sign books. Like I never at a reading, I never get anyone to sign books. I don't like that interaction. I don't like. I don't like signing books. Um, though I would never refuse to sign a book. I. I know people like it, and it's fine with me. But. Um, so I just don't encounter mm-hmm. si- signed books typically, um, but I just have never heard of this before. Why do you do it? Oh, I think it's, I think it's an old practice. It just has to do with uh, kind of like um, if you have a form letter, if you're sending out form letters, right? You're 
fundraiser yeah. or something in corporate, and it says, you know, dear Mister um, Blurgenstein. Yeah. Um, you know. <laughs> sure. Or, but but then you're signing it like as the you know the president of the institution or something. You cross out Mister Blurgenstein and write Larry. Right. I think it's a it's a way of sort of, in, of saying the uh, the printed thing is we're pals, we're friends here. Yeah. I'm looking at my tweets here. Somebody responded to this thread saying a poet named Amarak Huey, at Amarak on uh, on Twitter, yeah. if you want to follow them, who says, My understanding is it's an etiquette thing from when people had personal calling cards. Striking the name uh, and signing indicated you were present in person when the card was sent upstairs. So I do it because it makes me feel like Newland Archer calling upon Countess Olenska. Yeah. So... Um, but I mean, I'd never, I'd never seen it or heard of it, or I may have seen it without realizing that it was a, you know, that it was a thing that there was not just a, f- a, a weird flourish of that particular writer as opposed to everybody. No, I think, I think it's a, a, um, a convention that I probably saw somebody do and then just did it. Yeah, I have a, I have a little uh, in my signature. I have a little check mark after the L in Lenin because uh, my, I saw my grandfather's signature and he, he put that there because it. It was a holdover from his father, who had the name o- Olanin, and there used to be an apostrophe in it before it got anglicized, and so he put the apostrophe in. Then my dad skipped it, but I put it back, and it's still in there. The vestigial apostrophe. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. I'm going <laughs> to add some... And tarot bangs to mine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, it's just because when you say my name, you're supposed to be surprised and alarmed. You're you're, you're oh you're a walking intero bang. Thank you. You're an intero bang, was, the intero bang incarnate. That's what I was fishing for. <laughs> yeah. Uh. So. Eh, 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 eh. Oh, so I have a few. I have a few topics. Yes, sir. Uh, one of them is um, mentioned. I got married. The wedding was was it was it was not exactly an elopement because our families knew about it, but we're, they were not invited. We got it done real quick with the yeah. with the judge in the woods, and but we agreed to um, decided to have a party. To celebrate it with yeah. our families, and we were we were going to throw the party. We it was not going to be. We literally said no gifts, and to my p- please surprise, most people actually listened to that and didn't give us anything. But um, uh, we had it in the Catskills in this crazy mm-hmm. mansion <laughs> called yeah. called called Spillion. Um. And, uh, it, looked, it looked amazing. Yeah, I'll put the <laughs> I'll put the put the link in the in the notes. It used to be part of a kind of compound of fancy houses, the mm-hmm. rest of which are now in ruins. Uh, mm-hmm. The the main mansion remains, and I would not say it's in disrepair. It's really nice, but it's it it smells of of mouse a bit. Uh, mm-hmm. It's it's big and drafty and weird and dark. It's perfect. I mean, it was exactly what we wanted and then some. So I have nothing but delight about it. Yeah. Um, it used to be the 
a property of the Fleischmann's yeast family, mm. and mm-hmm. their their name is still um, uh, the the town so, that the place is in bears their name. It's Fleischmann's New York. Uh-huh. Uh, was is, it written on the hearth? Is there a, a big like Citizen Kane fireplace with? <laughs> It doesn't – no, it doesn't, but uh, there is a big Citizen Kane fireplace that we were not invited mm-hmm. to um, – Oh. To, we were able to – we built a fire out back. There was a fire pit. Uh, yeah. So we had a nice campfire evening uh, with family. But you couldn't conjure the spirits in the uh... – <laughs> no. Sadly, it didn't seem haunted. It, uh, no. It sounds haunted, got to yeah, tell you. Yeah. Yeah. But um, – but it was great. We they, they, there was lots of sort of Fleischmann's memorabilia around the place, old advertisements, and um, they had left up some of the signage from when the place was. Um, I think it was just a private family place at first, but it eventually became a resort um, that was famed for having a kosher kitchen and keeping kosher. Mm. So if you were mm-hmm. an Orthodox Jew coming up from the city. You could get your meals there as you would at any Catskills resort. Though this is not in the same area of the Catskills as the old, as the old places, the old resorts. Mm-hmm. Um, but they still had. That's not the case anymore. Anybody can use it. So because we keep kosher, we we just brought plastic plates and uh, and utensils. Mm-hmm. But they still had these uh, wooden shelves that were marked meat and dairy, where the where the silverware was stored. And so you could kind mm-hmm. of read in all these little details around the place. There was a these uh, sort of old fashioned power switches I put on Instagram, uh, where one is you know one is marked I can't remember one is marked for one part of the house and another says shul on it. So there was obviously a little temple in the house somewhere that had its own sort of power, and uh, you could kind of you could kind of read the history through these leftover details that nobody bothered to change. Yeah. Um, so it's very it's very accidental. Uh, history, you know, it's not uh, there. There wasn't like a booklet or something that tell. I would love to have had a booklet that mm-hmm. said exactly when all the different phases of the, you know, house took place and what was what was going on at that time. But um, mm-hmm. but you could figure it out. So so that was great fun. If you were having a wedding or other weird party, um, there's a wedding markup. By the way, it's more than twice as much if you have a wedding there. So we we took pains to. To tell them that this was a "quote unquote" family reunion, yeah, yeah. Stephanie was very self conscious about this. It was yeah. technically not a wedding. It was not a wedding. I was. Uh, I yeah. said we're not. A, my argument was it's not even a lie. It's not even close to a lie. Yeah. It is in fact we a have family been, reunion. Been married for weeks, <laughs> days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I. I think I. I. My wife did not want even a whiff of wedding to get into our communication with the owners. Yeah. Um. And when we actually met the owners, there was obviously nothing to worry about because they, the, that guy was just – he just couldn't wait to get back into his pickup truck and continue smoking cigarettes and yeah. uh, wanted, to, wanted to dispense with our interaction as quickly as possible. So, yeah. so I recommend this, this, this crazy place. Uh, it's very weird. If you look uh, online, Spillion Weddings, you can find some really, really obnoxious wedding videos yeah. um, of, uh, you know, the uh, America's – Whites uh, doing dumb things. It's we <laughs> we uh, we got a we got a bit of the flavor of the wedding that was there the day before we arrived. Yeah. When we uh, they didn't take out the trash, so we had to take their trash out to the out. Well, they took out some of their trash, but not the kitchen garbage. So 
Um, and they had clearly been using the kitchen trash can as a spittoon. <laughs> it was full. And they, a lot of time they missed. So this, a lot of the, the chew was stuck to the underside of the, of the lid. Ugh. And we had to take it outside and hose it down. It was, it was completely yeah. disgusting. Yeah. Did they leave behind any chewing tobacco for you all to use? Uh, no, but there were some, uh, some tins. Uh, no, there's some terrible wedding accoutrements, like a, like a pair of opera paper opera glasses that said "groom," and you mm. and you can look through the O's and "groom." And yeah, that uh, was a trap. If you'd taken a picture with that, <laughs> yeah, they would have they would have doubled the price. I did it. I took a picture. I took a picture yeah. of that. You're going to get rebuilt. Yeah, get rebuilt. Yeah. Uh, but well, I've never truly cooked, a haunted house. I've that never the cooked, house of horrors. Anyway, cooked dinner for thirty people before and was very nervous about it because um, that was the concept. Was we are we're going to throw? We don't want to be thrown a party. We're going to throw our our people a party. Um, and uh, we spent a few days ahead of time making. We had a calendar of what could be made ahead of time and frozen, and what had to be made the day before, and what had to be made on site. Um, we had a lot of help from uh, my mother-in-law and sister-in-law and uh, Stephanie. What did you make? And my mom. We made uh, we made falafel, great deal of falafel. We made did you a lot make of that ahead. We made that ahead. Uh, that was the thing we could freeze, so we did that the weekend before. Um, and we made a lot of dips and spreads, sort of uh, egg, eggplant eggplant dip, some. Uh, Beet dip, I think I've talked about making on this podcast before. Uh, uh, Stephanie's aunt made the most um, garlicky, I guess it was like a, she's listening She's listening to this now in her car and yelling at me, telling me exactly what it is, but I can't remember. Was it a cauliflower spread or a kind of hummus or something? But it was, it was extraordinarily garlicky, which is to say very, very tasty. And... Um, other people brought desserts. Uh, we had we had a meet a meet night um, the the first night before the party and grilled. Uh, Stephanie's father grilled a bunch of meat and some corn and we ate that. Very nice. So very 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 good time. I'm sorry that you uh, sorry that you couldn't be there. Oh, it was it was a pain to be not to be there. Well, I mean it, it's just so fucking expensive to to fly to Ithaca from anywhere, but especially. <laughs> Especially from another small city and in, in, on the West Coast, right? Well, I, I would like to have been there, I, but there's so much traveling back and forth. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, for to Portland and all that. Um, I'm going. I am, but despite that, I'm going to a wedding next week. <laughs> of course, you are. Well, yeah. I, I do feel like the the fact that this wasn't a wedding gave a lot of people cover not to come like my my brother and his girlfriend were doing a bunch of traveling around the same time and they had just seen us at the shore and they decided not to come but i think if it had been a wedding they would have had to go mm. you know yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well that's probably true yeah so where's the wedding I, uh, uh, memphis tennessee i'll be officiating the marriage oh. of miss alice bolin and mr Dan Hornsby. Do you mean our uh, occasional co-host, Alice Bolin, the poet and essayist? Yeah, the poet and essayist, <laughs> uh, Alice Bolin, marrying uh, novelist Dan Hornsby. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
He's official. Not yeah. just as a husband, but as a I mean, until I see it and, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you never know. You know. People tell a lot of stories. Yeah. I'm excited about that. Excited about seeing them. And I don't know who else would be there. Excited about going to Memphis. Yeah. And I'm sorry to miss that one, which I'm missing because yep. we're, we're going on a trip. A, a honeymoon yeah. trip. Oh, where are you going to go? Or is that a secret? Uh, Tenerife, Spain. Spain? Yeah. Europe. Never, never Spain. been there. Yeah. Yeah, the one in Europe. <laughs> yeah. The Iberian Peninsula. Exactly. It's, this is a little... I don't know anything about Tenerife. Is it on the? Is it Mediterranean facing? Uh, yeah, it's a Canary Island. Oh. So it uh, should be warm, ideally, maybe sunny. It's going to be a, a beach. I think mm-hmm. we're going to do a lot of reading. Yeah. How exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That's but anyway, great. Memphis. So you're you're officiating. Are you do you are you generating? All right. First of all, do you have uh, as I do? Are you online? Are you an online priest? Yes, I have been a uh, uh, reverend in the uh, whatever life church <laughs> now for uh, for many years. Uh-huh. This will be the seventh or eighth wedding. Yeah, I've officiated. I've only done the one. I, I mean, that marriage has gone just fine. And yeah. I don't know why my success has not resulted in more people asking me to do it. But I don't know, man. I've got a three-piece suit for it and everything. So do you have uh, – have they given you uh, a script? Do you have, we do have, you have no a We have no communication about it. No, <laughs> I, we haven't talked about it. It's next weekend. We haven't talked about it yet. Yeah. Um. Uh, no, I think I, I, I'm sure that I'll I'll come up with something uh, on the plane. <laughs> okay, so I'm glad you're taking this duty so this solemn yeah. duty so seriously. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it'll be a blast, I'm sure. Yeah, yeah. Are you bringing bringing the banjo? No, no. You don't bring banjos to. Tennessee. Well, when when the when they're the, already they're already there. When the groom is a guitarist and the oh, I see you. Can, so you, you there will be one for you to pick up and play. I'm sure that they just have them on street corners. <laughs> you just step into the banjo booth. Yeah, haven't been playing the banjo very much lately. My no. tenure with my tenure with the Hill Williams is uh, on. Um, a uh, some sort of hiatus because of this yeah they have engaged the services of another banjo player uh, who i believe is a doctor and does not (laughs) feel it necessary that he be paid which makes him a very popular band member wait a minute is that even that's even more it's even more attractive than like having a pa or a van He's also very good. He's a very good banjo player. He does he own an ambulance? Because that <laughs> would be that would be an that would really add something to the. It'd be nice. The group. Yeah. Does he go by the Does he go by the stage name Doctor Banjo? No, uh, Doctor Banjo is Pete Wernick. Oh, there there is a Doctor Banjo. Oh yeah, Doctor Banjo is Pete <laughs> Wernick, the banjo player for Hot Rise. Hold on. Um, so that is non horrific. That is. Long bestowed. Damn, and there he respected. is. DrBanjo.com. Yeah. Pete Wernick. Hell's yeah. a banjo. Okay, yeah. This, this he seems very legit. He has a website. Yeah. Yeah. 
and uh, Ralph Stanley was uh, Dr. Ralph Stanley because he had been given an honorary doctorate from a grocery store or something. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, Dr. Banjo is very good. Speaking of uh, music, um, I played, I've been playing a lot of electronic music with uh, my friend Jim, um, mm-hmm. with whom uh, I am in the. The Bemis Point, the duo, the Bemis Point. Uh, we mm-hmm. we put out an EP earlier this year, and we just put out an album too. We've been doing a lot of stuff, uh, and we played together. And I also played on my own on my uh, my ambient um, identity, which on horseback at Neem Neem Fest 2019, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which is a uh, electronic music. They call it a fest. I don't do not think it's a festival. It's really a conference. It's paid. No, was, it, was there a banquet? No, no. Is banquet part of a conference or a festival? I think a, I think a festival is enhanced by there being a banquet. Okay, I don't know if I don't know. Uh, well, there wasn't. I I am sad to say. Okay. Um, but this is, took place in a um, deconsecrated church in Homer, New York, a surprisingly cute little town that is a suburb of Cortland, uh, which itself is a place you probably haven't heard of. I haven't heard of Cortland. No. Right. And uh, uh, I, I enjoyed it very much. Um, it was mostly mostly white guys slightly older than me. Few younger people, few people of color, few women. In fact, one of the women, Rika Wells, my friend, uh, played a great solo set and also a good set with her husband, Jim. They have a duo and both play alone as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, it was very charming, and uh, I'm hoping hoping to be a bigger part of it in the years to come. I think, uh, I think it should be larger. Mm. A banquet, maybe. That we should add a banquet. I think there ought yeah. to be... I think there ought to be um, booths when where industry types come with their wares yeah uh it happened the same weekend as knobcon which is sort of the big modular synth conference Mm. um so Mm -hmm. i think that is was your was your salon well represented at namefest yeah we were all there um all there, all did sets. I caught most of them, a few of them. It's three days of just pretty much from n- noon until midnight, and I was not available for for that much time. Mm-hmm. But yeah. uh, um, but it was the, per- the first time I've played the modular synth live, and it was a lot of fun. And I'm going to do it again in a in couple of times in the coming weeks. So very cool. Yeah, very cool. Good. So uh, I'll post a link to that. If any anyone on the uh, in the Northeast is interested in playing there, they should check out the website and uh, get on the mailing list and sign up for it. What did Neem stand for? One of those E's is probably oh. electronic. Yeah, uh, the M is probably music. Northeast electronic music. Oh no, oh, that's no, all? no, no, no! Actually, Northeast Electro Music Festival. There's an organization. Okay. I think they're based in Philly called Electro Music, but they have little arms all over the place. And there's one. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Well, that's you know you got a lot of buttons and wires to. Yeah, you need a lot of arms. You need a lot of arms. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Yeah. So much. It's been a while since we talked. It has. 
you got all married and got elect electro synth popped. Yep. And um, and you you went to Montana. And I'm living in my Montana hermitage. I got two things going on today. Very exciting things today. You want to hear about them? I do. Second well, one first. All right. I got a text message from my older son last night mm-hmm. saying, Father, are you available at noon tomorrow? And I said, which is to say noon today, which is to say in a little over an hour. And I said, sure, what's up? And she, he said can you come to mother house for an important meeting? I said, sure. What, what's the meeting about? And he said, uh, the plan will be unveiled. Oh my goodness. So (laughs) I'm, I, I I have some ideas about what it's about. I, you know, Owen, Owen can, can have his own podcast where he talks about this, but, um, He's definitely he's he's 22. Time for some life changes. He's been thinking things through, and I think he's been formulating. Might a have plan. a plan. He's got a plan. So I'm very excited yeah. about this. It's very unlike Owen to call a meeting. This is the first to time convene. to convene yeah. a meeting. So I quickly texted yeah. his mother and said, "Do you know anything about this?" And she's like, <laughs> "No, it's at my house." And then a minute later, she said, "Oh no, I just received an invitation, or should I say, I was notified." And asked to provide asked to provide snacks. Snacks. <laughs> Did he mention snacks to you? No, he didn't. So, oh, this, I'm going to be served food, and I'm going to discover what is to become of my child. Carrot sticks, you think? What's the right sort of snack for um, uh, the the unveiling of a, a life plan? Well, uh, the thing Puffs? I'm. The thing I'm picturing probably won't happen, but um, for a while, Owen had this idea. He, so he is also a musician, and he's yes. got a, a sort of pop, synth-pop, electro-pop act called Motorcycles, with a Z. With a Z. Um, he's been doing more kind of ambient stuff lately, which I like very much. He's, he's, really, he's a very good composer and, and musician. And um, he had this idea. He wanted to have a... He wanted to have a uh, like a, uh, a a motorcycles pool party. Mm-hmm. He was going to rent out a pool. There's a pool out in Ellis Hollow near where he and Rian live um, that you can you can rent for events. Um, and uh, he said he wanted to rent out the pool, dye it green so the water is green, and then there's going to be uh, a giant bowl of Doritos, like. Like a like a six foot wide metal bowl, completely a filled bowl of with, Doritos that if like if you were Marilyn Monroe, you could pop out of and sing Happy Birthday yeah, to the president. Definitely, yeah, definitely. And uh, this, it's the kind of idea he gets a lot, and that um, and that he'll usually sort of laugh laugh about it and then move on. But this one, he just he's he's talked about it a lot over a period of years. He he really he really sourced like. He got. He actually got quotes on how much fabricating the bowl would cost. Are the Doritos to scale relative to the bowl? I think they're just regular sized Doritos. Mm. It would be very expensive to fill a giant <laughs> bowl with them. Scale 
Doritos. Yeah, and it reminded me of uh, back in the day. I saw a Damien Hurst show in New York that involved a huge ashtray, like a six foot wide ashtray, and you were encouraged to instead of uh, putting out your cigarette outdoors, you're supposed to enter smoking and then throw your cigarette butt into the into the ashtray. Which actually, hold on, is is not unrelated to Owen's projects because he as a as a project he made this. Can you see this? What this is? Is it a Dorito Dorito encased in amber? No, it's a cigarette butt encased in in uh, resin, in, uh, clear resin. Very nice. Mm-hmm. Sort of like a little paperweight that I keep here in my office. And very he, nice. He made mm-hmm. these and sold them as merch at one of his shows. So anyway, Good even merch. though uh, it's unlikely, um, I think that the meeting. I'm imagining the meeting to have the big the big bowl of Doritos. Yeah. Can you all sit in it like a hot tub? W- one would hope. Would dearly hope. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I'll report on well, that. Uh, report on that later. I, I, I hope that it's. Uh, um, I hope it's great. I hope the snacks are good, and that the plan is. Um, uh, magnificent. Yeah, I think the plan's going to be very interesting. Mm-hmm. All right, so now I'll give you the first thing, which is I'm I'm kind of half listening over my shoulder. I don't know if you can listen over your shoulder. I guess you're always listening over your shoulder. I am for a, a knock at the door because I I um I bought a chair. Mm-hmm. I bought a I bought a uh, like a professional office chair. Mm-hmm. Because I'm uncomfortable in my my twenty dollar vintage thrift shop chair that I've been sitting in, mm-hmm. and uh, asked around the other writer friends uh, if they if they sat in just a whatever chair is available, whatever chairs around the house, or if they bought themselves or inherited or were were given some kind of ergonomic chair mm-hmm. for those of us who want you know sit in front of a computer or a notebook for three four five yeah. six hours a day yeah and i was kind of surprised how many people are actually sitting in a in like a, a you know a, a, a purpose built chair yeah so somebody said a, a local friend but purpose purpose driven chair yeah purpose driven yeah <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I was reading online about various office chairs, which are the most comfortable or adjustable or what best for my weight and height. And uh, a friend of mine said, you should go to the – I can't remember the name of the place. You should go to the furniture – the office furniture place at East Hill Plaza. They'll let you try them out. East Hill Plaza is just a little sort of you know strip mall up uh, on the way to Ellis mm-hmm. Hollow – here in town, and I ha- I had no idea what she was talking about, and she said, "You know, right next to the right next to the antique shop." And I, my mind went, "You mean the you mean the Hot Wings place?" It turns out the Hot Wings place is gone, no. and it's been replaced by an office furniture showroom. That seems like an unlikely transition. So well, I, and she said you're gonna you want to call them first. You can't just walk in, which is also seems strange to me. Yeah. So I called them. I said I was looking for an office chair. Um, I knew that they supplied furniture for Cornell, 
So I told them that yep. I was a faculty member. Mm-hmm. I made an appointment. And I went up there and I sat in some chairs. There was one my friend recommended called the Herman Miller Sale. S- the Herman S-A-Y- Goering? No, no. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> no, no. no, no. Don't sit in that chair. No. Uh, the Herman Miller Sale, S-A-Y-L, which is which I learned from the internet, was famous for having been used in the Hunger Games movies to represent what people might sit on in, in, a, in a dystopian in future. A dystopian future, as opposed yeah. to the dystopian present, where I yeah. would be sitting on yeah. the same chair. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, I think it's kind of ugly, but it's interesting looking. You so have I, a sta- you have you are growing into a sort of Stanley Tucci look. But m- me personally, my yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah, and so if you maybe a little, he was like the little the character. sinister MC in those movies. He's like the Ryan Seacrest in those movies. <laughs> okay, sure. <laughs> well, so anyway, um. While I was trying out the chair, the the woman who was manning the place said, "Well, you know, we uh, most people try it out for a, for a few days. We can we can lend it to you for a week, and you can try it out." Mm-hmm. And I said, "Well, let me think about it." So I thought about it, and then I called them back and said, "You know what? I really can I come back and get that chair to try out?" And they said, "Well, it doesn't. We have to get you one from the warehouse uh, in in Syracuse, and then they'll bring it to your office at Cornell." And I said, oh, well, this is not for my office at Cornell. I, I'm, this is for working on at home. Like, and there was this awkward silence. And she said, mm-hmm. but you said, you said you worked at Cornell. And I said, yes, I do. But I'm buying this with my own money. For home office. For my yeah. home office. So may I please? Uh, may Different I please, deal. Uh, yeah. And she said, well, I'll have, to, I'll have to find out if you can try it at home. Do you think it's like the wedding? Is it twice as much? If it's at home, or is it? Uh, I would. Im- if they're going to, probably they, they bill the institution, and they can bill it for whatever they, whatever number they come up with. Like they're a <laughs> military contractor. Yeah, maybe. Anyway, the answer to my surprise was no. <laughs> yeah. No, I may not. I may not. You mm-hmm. borrow it at home, which means I was. It would be useless for me because I. I want to use it here. I want to see how it feels to use in the room where I'm actually doing the work. So anyway, I, how's, how's your chair at your at your um, hopefully dusty office on campus? It's perfectly fine. Um, mm. It's a it, it's just a swiveling office chair, rolling swiveling office chair. It's fine, and I don't spend enough time sitting at it to justify trying to get Cornell to buy me. I could use like my research budget to get a fancy chair for my office. But but that, that seems that seems like bullshit. That seems wrong, right? Well, people do it. I mean, the whole I'm you know, sure people do all sorts of horrible things. Yeah. <laughs> people eat walking tacos. They pour <laughs> salsa into a bag of Doritos and they think that's fine. <laughs> You're still upset about that. I am I am fucking upset about that. <laughs> Yeah, I, I just I don't want to I don't want to do that. I don't. But you could get the chair. You could get this chair for the office, and then you could swap out chairs. Yeah, and- yeah, no, I'm not gonna pull. I'm not gonna pull all that shit. So anyway, I just I did a bunch more research, and then f- I found a chair that got good reviews, and it's adjustable, and it's uh, 
aesthetically it sort of matches my kind of mid mid century mm-hmm. uh but but slightly tech kind of personal aesthetic and it's supposed to arrive today so what were some of the one star reviews of the chair that's a good question you want me to you want me to find out i want i want to know yeah i want i want you to to think about the the cons of this chair that is that is about to arrive. It's funny you would say think about because that's the name of the chair. The name of the chair is Think. Mmm. Steelcase Think. All mm. right, hold on. Let me see what the one star review. Mm-hmm. I seem to have landed on a different page. Okay, there's a bunch of one star reviews. Okay, here we go. Um, beware! This chair is not as described. <laughs> this chair won't let me take dogs into it (laughs) most one star reviews of places are about how somebody tried to bring their (laughs) biting pit bull into a place and they it says this product does not have the mesh fabric that is in the description or is shown the back and chair are the same fabric. You think you're getting the upgraded mesh, but you are not. Otherwise, the otherwise the chair is very comfortable. Oh, one one oh, star. Okay. Oh. <laughs> Chair's magnificent. <laughs> All right, here's one star. Feels <laughs> feels like I'm constantly falling off. That's 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 a that's a complaint. That's a valid complaint. <laughs> And the first line, I have been sitting on a steel case think at my work for eight hours a day, every day for the past six years, and I (laughs) absolutely hate it. (laughs) I'm an average male build, 5'9", 170 pounds, which is I'm slightly larger than this guy. I cannot make this chair comfortable for me. The biggest problem is that I feel like I'm constantly sliding out of it and it's not supporting my seat. That's the main job of a chair. Yeah, it sure is. Um, no back support, someone says. He doesn't he, that that gentleman did not specify what his industry or field is. No. He's been sitting in this chair for 8 hours a day for 6 years, <laughs> feeling like he's falling and unsupported, <laughs> marginalized, <laughs> no one listens to it him when he's in the chair. <laughs> This chair makes him feel like less than a man. <laughs> yeah. No one likes the back. No, Well, lots of people like the back, but the one-star people don't like the back. Oh, dear God, the pain. <laughs> Says, <laughs> I'm convinced a lawn chair. No, there's lots of misspellings here. I'm convinced a lawn chain would be better oh, for my posture. <laughs> I would rather sit in a lawn chainy or a lawn chainy junior, which is a little cheaper. It's for children, and it's in the children's section of the <laughs> store. Uh, there's no comfort in this chair. What were they thinking? It's the chair of a thousand faces. Yeah. I think this is for the – this is the um, review of a previous version of the chair. I think they mm-hmm. address some of these um, – <laughs> She is very happy with the comfort and flexible this chair has. <laughs> I just had I just I just had this fantasy that this person is talking about themselves in the third person. They all sound like they're talking about themselves. She lowers herself into the chair 
<laughs> she is very comfortable. <laughs> she puts the lotion in the bucket <laughs> of the chair. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so yeah, all things considered, I think it's going to be an, uh, an improvement on the chair that I'm sitting in right now. In which I am uncomfortable, but well, I have been successfully revising my my uh, novel, my novel in. Yeah, how many stars would you give the chair that I'm sitting in now? Yeah, two, two stars. How many yeah. stars would you give the novel that you're revising? Oh, five, five star review. Five. The draft I read was a five star. <laughs> the chair I'm sitting in now is old and beat up, but it's cute. Um, and, uh, it's actually, that will actually, it'll actually be good. The area behind me where I play guitar and mm-hmm. keyboards and stuff. Um, and I rarely sit for more than an hour doing that at a time. Um, uh, this will come in handy. Uh, but for the desk, I want something with armrests and that's adjustable. And this is not, I got thing. a chair. I got a $120 office chair from Costco Yeah, for my Missoula apartment. Oh, this is, you, you bought it specifically for the... This. I bought it here. I'm sitting in it right now. I'm rolling around. Yeah. Oh, there you go. It's, it's fine. Yeah. Three stars. Okay. Mm-hmm. Three yeah. stars. Apparently, I, I there's... I put it together myself. There are a couple of, like, $200 Ikea chairs that aren't too bad. Um, this one's more expensive, and uh, um, mm-hmm. we'll see if I regret spending the money. Um. I'm I'm intrigued by the the office chair place that you have to make an appointment. I know it's very mysterious. Mm-hmm. It was really weird too, because what the hell did they think I'm going to do? Like, I'm I have money. I told them, I went in there to buy an expensive chair, and they they offered to lend it to me. So what's the difference between it being in my office at work and my office at home? It's the same town. I could just th- you don't have to deliver it. I'll throw it in the back of my car. Wheels within wheels, man. I just don't. I just don't. It's wheels just they, wheels. they have a way they like to mm-hmm. do business, and yep. they don't see whatever that's small. That's not their way. That's not their mm-hmm. way. Not their way. It's just not, not their how business we do it. model. Nope. Mm-hmm. <laughs> did they offer you any hot wings? <laughs> they did. And then did they take them away when you said that I was not going to eat these hot wings in my office at Cornell? <laughs> this place. Was, I was going to eat these hot wings at home. It, it, I'm sorry, sir. You can usually see the sort of ghosts of the former, uh, the the former purpose of the building that you're in at any given time. But this place was utterly gutted. There was nothing, nothing of the former glory mm-hmm. of the of the wings place there. Mm-hmm. I like the wings place. I would always buy wings there, bring them to the annual uh, the annual creative writing party. Mm-hmm. I was the wings guy. Yeah, now I have that was to your main them. value. Got to get them at the supermarket now. They're not as yeah. good. No. No, I like some good wings. Had double front chicken last night. Yeah, hey, great. Uh, the, the Montana Book Festival is happening, and yeah. so people are in town. Uh, Sophia Shalmaev, a friend from Portland, author of Mother Winter, very yeah. good, memoir. And uh, poet Bill Carty Great. from Seattle, who I believe listens to this podcast. Um, although there, he Bill? says that he listens to podcasts and never remembers them. Okay. So, 
That's <laughs> we don't need we'll to be remembered. Yeah, we're that is not our purpose. And uh, Walla Walla poet Rob Schlegel uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, was also present, though so he had already eaten. Uh, <laughs> so we went to uh, the the uh, writings from the Me Too movement at the VFW, which Sharma Shields spoke at. Excellent. And then we adjourned to the Double Front Chicken, where we waited 45 oh. minutes for our chicken Worth in the it. lounge. Worth it. Worth every bite. Good chicken. And, uh, and it put me to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> I was in bed by 10. <laughs> yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Still covered in the crease. You could write a short story or a chapter in the time between ordering from Double Front Chicken and receiving your chicken. It says it right here on the website. It says, we have a 30-minute wait time. Yeah, it's it's not 30 minutes. Yeah, okay. Yeah. But if you're but ready if you, for 30 minutes, then you're ready for, for an hour. Yeah, you're fine. You, you know, yeah. And if you eat in the lounge, which is in the basement, there's a dumb waiter that brings the chicken down to that level. So good. It's good. Um. So it's been nice. Missoula is not, is not as much the city of sandwiches that it used to be. <laughs> well, you feel you're happy about that. I had I'm happy about that. Although in my I've been I'm trying to be very frugal because I'm here to I'm here f- for the money. Yeah. And uh, so I'm trying to spend as little as possible. Mm-hmm. And that means that in addition to the hundred and twenty dollar chair from Costco, I also bought a six dollar and eighty six cent. A box of of uh, ninety six things of ramen, mm-hmm. and I've been yeah. working my way through the ramen. Do you have a favorite? By the way, I know Beef. this is this is a distraction. Excuse me from your current uh, line mm. of conversation, but do you have a favorite ramen? Because I have I have got a favorite goddamn ramen. You mean favorite like grocery store ramen or uh, yeah. real ramen? From no, a- no, grocery store ramen. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, I, is there more than one? Yeah, and this, it, I have I have seen that they're, 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 the ramen game is expanding. Yeah, they're um, and they are not the same. I'm going to come out and t- I'm just going to come out and tell you. I'm just going to come right okay. out and tell you that the one to have is me gareng. That's not what I have. M I space G O R E N G me gareng. It is an mm-hmm. instant. Uh, it it looks like your basic instant ramen, but it has. A bunch of, it has like a triple sauce and spice packet situation in there. And this spice blend. Triple. Yes, there are three different ones. And they're freaking fantastic. The sauce is so good. And then what you do is you uh, put a couple of fried eggs on top. Oh, yeah. And in fact, the package has a picture. It has a serving With suggestion. To there's remind an, you. There's an mm-hmm. egg and there's some uh, there's some shrimp on there. So, anyway, do you put a fried on. egg on it, or do you crack an egg into it when it's boiling? You can That's c- nice. certainly do that, although this is not meant to be eaten with a broth. Oh. Uh, oh. It, it's it's eaten with a sauce. Okay. That's so fine. you drain it. Uh-huh. And then you – I well, I even – once I've boiled the, the ramen, I actually fry it a little bit in the pan with the sauce. Nice. To, to give nice. it a little special – Fried noodle, mm. fried noodle goodness, but um, good stuff. I recommend it. But anyway, go on. Please go on. You're saving money. Saving money, yeah. So the ramen, the uh, uh, 
Frozen pizzas. Yeah. Very good. Very satisfying. Too much salt. I don't want to eat too much salt. So all the all the the cheaper the less you spend, the more salt you you end up eating. Sure. I think. Really? Wait, the less you spend, the more Oh yeah, the me- yeah, definitely. Cheap food che- cheap food is mostly salt. Yeah, cheap food is salty. You are correct. Yeah. yeah. But uh, you know, you do what you can. Yeah, but there's a, there's 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 a uh, there's a lot of great new restaurants in in uh, in Missoula. They're all too expensive. Yeah. But uh, uh, there's I had some nice actual ramen at a sushi place. Well, it seems to me like you have you just with, sold with you poet sold Malena Morling. Oh, hey. The department took it. She's the other visiting poet. The department took us out and so got to um go to a sushi place with the the great Malena Morling who uh-huh. I admire so much. I love that lady. Her poems are great and her personality is great. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and if you want to eat out, you should have you you should have sold your startup at the right time. Should have. I waited there, too are long. You, do you want to recommend actually name any of the new restaurants in Missoula? Or I can't remember the name of the sushi place. That's all right. But it's That's the sushi place in Missoula. Yeah. Um, double front chicken. I had the prime rib sandwich at the depot, which I like, but it is now twenty dollars, um, uh, and didn't, and wasn't quite as good. Oh, sad. Decreasing cost, decreasing quality. Do you do you sit in the the crumbly seat? I wouldn't, but I I do like to sit in the lounge. Yeah, the lounge is good. Of of the depot, that's very nice. Yeah. There are new restaurants opening, including one called. Um, so that a poet is opening, <laughs> which opens next month. Uh, which is called L something. Uh huh. Um, is the is the is the poetry connection going to be a selling point? Uh, well, I. I think so. The, oh, it's, it's not. It's, I don't know if it's El Camino or the Camino. I think it might be the Camino. Well, isn't the uh, what's the place? Um, what's the place up on the up in the northwest? That's northwest side of town. That's uh, that fiction writers started. That's so great, and it has a has a grocery store attached to it. The um, Burn Street Bistro. Yeah, the Burn Street. They're yeah, still Burn there. Street I hope. Bistro. Still there. Yeah. Uh huh. I haven't been over to it yet. I haven't been to that side of town. So maybe writer writer owned restaurants in Missoula are yeah. more broadly a good thing. I think so. I think yeah. so. Uh, been riding my bike around mostly. Good. Um, good. Very good. Which is nice this did, time of did year. Did you bring it with ice. you, or did you pick it up at one? I of, brought. I brought my bike. It's been neglected the last few years because Portland is hilly, and uh, I'm lazy. But. Yeah. Missoula is nice and flat, so we'll see. Uh, I left it in the bike rack, bike, bike rack downstairs, so it, I may no longer have a bike. Yeah, but uh, as of last night, I did. Yeah, I, I sold mine uh, or gave mine away because there's nowhere to put it at my house, and I just walk walk everywhere now. Um, yeah, but uh, Ithaca is not a great bike town unless you're like a capital c cyclist and you wear yeah. the special clothes and you like to go up hills and be like pants be very thin except for the thighs yeah mm-hmm. um do you yeah. i saw you you uh went to all the beloved uh, secondhand stores 
I haven't. There's one I haven't been in. I I I looked in. It was closed. The one up by Alan Alison Vicks. But I went into Circle Square. Of course, I'm uh, I'm on their website. Uh, I'm on their website now. We buy anything of value. Yeah, and there was uh there were no no Grateful Dead tapes there, but there was a uh, there were some photo albums, uh, mostly of a family's uh, vacations in the '70s. That was. I should have bought. It was was pretty magnificent. And very, it was uh, like the Grateful Dead tape. It was an artifact of of death. Um, and the uh, um, the irrelevance of people's experiences in the past, but it was still pretty cool. Yeah. And they had some cool rings, like some big, like I'm a gambler kind of rings for for like big rings for dudes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I didn't. I, I sort of want them. I want, you know, I'd like to wear big rings for dudes. But I, you have to have the wardrobe to go along with it. You can't dress yeah. kind of like a little boy, which I do mostly, and then have have uh, big rings for dudes on. You know. Yeah, I thought about a style change. I think about it a lot, actually. And I, and uh, I'm going to be 50 next year. And with every passing year, I feel that it gets <laughs> less possible to pull off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you do what you can. Pretty soon, I need to. I need to go to the big meeting. But um, oh, and, and you, you should prepare. You should thinking of wardrobe. You should think about what to wear to it. Okay. I. I, I think you should maybe be a little more formal. I think I need to now. just sit and draw some deep breaths. But um, yeah. But there were two two food maybe related things. Maybe a swimsuit. Might bring a swimsuit. <laughs> I mean, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Green water, green water, and a big bowl of Doritos. I am uncom- uncomfortable. <laughs> uncomfortable in that chair. I'm hoping that in just a few hours, this <laughs> that will be over. But we'll see. We can re-record this uh, in the new chair <laughs> if if you'd like. Oh, that's all right. That's all right. Let's remaster uh, it. Uh, well, there's two food-related things I wanted to mention, and I yeah. can't. Remember, I might have mentioned them on the on the um, the Great Lost episode. That was not great. But uh, one of them is uh, tradition. So. Uh, my wife has a st- stressful job. Uh, she likes it. She's good at it, but it's, uh, it's in the medical field. She has a lot of patients. She's p- people's health is in her hands. So uh, at the end of the weekend, she gets a little stressed out thinking about what she has to do that week. So we started a tradition of um, rewatching Mad Men, which I must say is held up extraordinarily well. That's a good show. Um, and uh, we watch two episodes, and in between, we make ice cream sundaes. And we have Sunday, Sunday. So that there's something That's- to look forward to on Sunday night that does not involve worrying about Monday. And it aired on Sunday nights originally, right, I think? Mad Men? Maybe. I don't think I ever saw it when it was on the air. I think I binged yeah. the whole thing. I binged the whole thing the, uh, the summer well, my marriage fell apart. For some mm-hmm. reason, I thought that would be recreationally... <laughs> Entertaining. That would be consoling. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'll just watch this this uh, cozy yeah. period drama and yeah. uh, for, yeah. forget my troubles. Um, yeah. Anyway, it's uh, both things are great. I recommend to all our listeners that they make ice cream sundaes. We got some uh, caramel sauce. Some oh, and it turns out there are a lot of options. Jewish. Not like nonpareils and Jimmy's mm-hmm. slash sprinkles. There's Maraschino. now. Cherry. Maraschino cherries. There's now you can get tiny 
they're like incredibly tiny Hershey's Kisses, just maybe a couple of millimeters across, mm. enrobed in chocolate. So they're like Hershey's Kisses crossed with M&M's, miniaturized, and put into a jar in the spice aisle of PNC. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, it's not. It's just a sh- little sugar bombs, but yeah, for texture, they're spectacular. Can I? Um, I, I I don't mean to. Oh no. To complicate your suggestion or your ritual. <laughs> okay. But as the f- autumn advances, uh-huh. um, you might consider switching it up with a root beer float. Oh, that's not a bad idea. Mm-hmm. And then there's always hot fudge. Yeah. Um, that sounds like a good, it's a good recommendation. I do uh, like a Sunday. The and other thing. But, uh, uh, let me just pivot really quickly from Mad Men, though. So Jared Harris, who was in Mad Men. Who, who did he play? He's the British guy. He's oh, I love him. Of, I love him. Richard Harris. He was also, I didn't know that. He was also on um, The Expanse science fiction show that I like. Yeah. He was also in the show The Terror, mm-hmm. another AMC show, which I loved. I will uh, I will watch that, but I haven't yet. There's a season two of The Terror. The Terror in the first season refers to The Terror in the Erebus, the actual Arctic exploring ships. Right. The new one, Terror Infamy, um, which is the same sort of different cast, different sort of different story. It's uh, It all takes place in Japanese internment camps. Oh, God. All Japanese uh, American cast. And writers, mostly. Um, doesn't have Jared Harris, but has the same feel. It's fantastic. Um, has George Takai in it, in a dramatic role. Uh, the screen, uh, the screenshots alone are, are yeah. scary as shit. It, it, it's magnificently written. But it is also uh, produced, the producer is uh, surrealist poet Tony Toast. <laughs> really? Yes. Is that T-O-S-T? T-O-S-T, who's yeah. a magnificent poet, wrote a great 33 and a third about Johnny Cash's American recordings. Yeah. Um, and has been doing some television writing and, and now um, is the producer, a, a producer and writer for this show that is so fantastic. Great, great. Maybe I'll read this 33 and a third too, because I never have. I like that record. Um, it's, a really, it's a really good argument that he makes. But it's, that, was, that was a that was a pivot. We're trying to conclude. Uh, you had another thing. Oh yeah, the other thing is just a, a video series I want to recommend, um, which I think now is kind of popular, but uh, seemed like mm-hmm. a fun discovery at the time we started watching it. But still, it's a fun discovery. These um, videos. So Bon Appetit, the magazine, has a yeah. has a YouTube yeah, we, channel, mm-hmm. and they have a very charming kitchen staff, sort of a test kitchen staff, and they make these very informal but funny videos of them trying to make various things or demonstrating various techniques. And mm-hmm. one of them is one of their – I don't think she's actually an editor there anymore, um, but she's still making the videos. Um, a woman named Claire Saffitz has been doing these challenges. People challenge her to make some kind of fast food or candy or chip or sort of packaged food, like a, like mm-hmm. make gourmet version of Doritos or make M&Ms mm-hmm. or make Pocky. Mm-hmm. Um, and she attempts to do what is obviously in out in the world is done by giant industrial machines so. um, to make it 
uh, by hand in a in a kitchen. And the series mm-hmm. is really funny and uh, and charming, and it's kind of interesting to see to find out how these foods are made. So yeah, I rec- I'll, I'll link to it in the notes. But um, cool. But the uh, the Bon Appetit Gourmet Makes series is very terrific. I will watch them right now. Right now. Right now. <laughs> in in your I got shit else to do. In your three star chair. Yeah. No, I'm driving I'm gonna drive over to Spokane after this and ah. hang at my uh Jill and Oscar. We're gonna meet there um this afternoon. You're gonna see Sharma school. and Sharma and Jess and that that crew, or are they all in Missoula? Sharma's Sharma's here Sharma's here in Missoula. Uh, I don't I haven't seen I don't know what Jess is up to. Yeah. But uh we'll see. Well enjoy Spokane and uh all right. I'll uh, hopefully we'll. <laughs> for some reason, we couldn't do this over the summer, and suddenly now that fall is here, I feel like I can do it again. I can do it. Uh, I can do it a lot. All right, let's do it some more. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I'll talk right. to you soon, talk buddy. To you later. All right, bye. Bye. Are you hungry for lunch? Well, then let's have lunch. Do you want some lunch? Well, then we'll give you some lunch. Have a hankering for lunch Well then come to lunch Cause it's time for lunch Box with Ed and John That's right It's time for lunch Box with Ed and John